podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Whether you seek adventure, search for answers, break down barriers, or see the world for what it can be, you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. The mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today once again delighted to be joined by Tony Haggerty, Amy Canavan uh, is sitting today out because it's that time of the year Tony, there's people working extra shifts, there's people know well etc, hopefully you're recovering from uh, your Covid, your brush with the Covid and um, yeah what a, what a bulletin to bring us back into the new year, obviously we've had content running along through Christmas and New Year, but it's good to get in on the live bulletin, Tony, to talk about the three new signings that are in the door. Uh, we were just talking before we came on, um, and it's very positive, isn't it? We'll, we'll, we'll break it down bit by bit, but what's your general feeling about the three new boys? I just think uh, there's a real kind of feel-good factor coursing through the club and a wave of new optimism with the Japanese players' arrivals because they've, they've been on the radar for some time. So everybody's done their own scouting, haven't they? And watched all the videos and they just they're just really excited by it all. But I think the thing they're excited by most is that the breaking tradition at Celtic that they got all three guys in in the one day. It was just good news day in Hogmanay. You know, all three of them coming in at the same time and it wasn't and it's not this mad scramble for players in the last couple of days of, of the window. You just, you just thought that's a real break from tradition with Celtic eh, transfer business policy in recent years. And we touched upon it off air that you give the hierarchy a kicking quite a lot on this kind of broadcast. But you have to turn around and say, got to applaud them for that, backing the manager and getting in the, the players that he wants. It's all right identifying them, them being targets or prospective targets for a past, the past few months. And him and Ange saying, I'm an admirer of the G League and there's players there and all these links coming out. But to have the three of them in the door uh, is, is pretty exciting. And I think uh, it put uh, the feel-good factor into a lot of Celtic supporters' festive period. Yeah, I think it did. And by the way, I need to thank everybody for getting involved so early in 2022. Welcome to the show, everybody that's in the comments section. I'll run through as many of the comments as I possibly can. Tony, what's happening to us? Uh, we've opened up one of the first broadcasts by complimenting the Celtic board. We can't allow that to happen uh, much longer. But you're right, we do. We do criticise them. And, you know, the, um, the criticism 
I think has been warranted. I don't think we've gone over the top. Uh, Michael Nicholson has kind of like gone into this permanent CEO role quite um, smoothly. There's been a transition there under the radar. Some might say he's not really done the big glitzy uh, CEO PR stunts and uh, he's not engaged a great deal, but he's obviously been behind the scenes working away on deals like these three. It's quite an impressive first act, isn't it, as a CEO? No no much, you know, no trumpets, no fanfare. Just get the business done, back mm-hmm. the manager. You know, and you've heard previous uh, persons in that position, yes, we'll back the manager, we'll do this, we'll do that. In typical Celtic, they start haggling over 500 grand or, or a million pounds or whatever, and it goes to and fro, and they lose out in targets, don't want to go over targets that they've lost in the recent past. You know, so it's just, just refreshing to see one, two, three, they're in the door and they're all talking about how they can't wait to link up with the manager and all well, these teams that played well in Japan and some of them played under them and that kind of stuff. It's just all positive and it's, as I say, if you're a Celtic supporter, that was a, just a brilliant start to your new year. You know, you woke up and hugged me and your phone pinged three times and he's in, he's in, he's in, you know, and it was just... You just felt good, and you you just wanted the football to start up again, didn't you? And you're just you're just dying to see these guys in a Celtic jersey. As I say, you've done your own kind of scouting. You've watched the videos, and yep, they all they all look accomplished players. They all look as if they fit into Andy's system. He wanted them for a reason. He's got them now. You want to see them in the, in the shirt and to to do the business for Celtic. We're talking about. You wanted the football to start up again. A lot of people wanted Axon Bulletins to start up again. The emergency bulletin siren went out. Uh, we had lined up our content for the, the New Year's Day and uh, Hogmanay, etc. And we are back now. So let's get running through some of these comments. Paddy Burns, Happy New Year to you, sir. And uh, hopefully you will enjoy right into 2022. Um, the Axom content that we're working on, and yeah, can't see the new, can't wait to see the new guys in the hoops. There's always that excitement around the arrival of you know groups of players. You and I spoke about it back in the old Serie A days, where AC Milan went out and got the three Dutchmen, uh, and it, you know it was just great to see the three of them unveiled at the same time. Uh, Celtic are a PR machine when it comes to unveiling players, and we know at least two of their their squad numbers. I've, like yourself, been looking through all the showreels, Tony, mm. looking through all the stats. There's been podcasts aplenty. You can see the mainstream tapping into the, the alternative fan media to get more information. And uh, Joe Porter wants to find out how to say the three amigos in Japanese. Now, I had said, um, you know, leading up to the, the January transfer window, and we're only a few days into that, but I say to you that if we get four signings of the quality of Joe Hart, Carmen Carter-Vickers, Kyogo and Jota, then we're in with our chances. And that's a big ask because in the last transfer window, Tony, it took us 12 or 13 buys to get those yeah, four. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying they're the only four that were quality signings. I think that Abada over the piece has been a very good buy. And I think there's others who might come into it that's just taken them a wee bit of time. But in terms of the quality of the signing, I guess it's going to be difficult to know because we know where Kyogo is. And I've heard Dan Orlovitz, friend of the, the podcast, friend of every Celtic podcast, I think now. I think he's appeared on the mall. Yeah, he's been on a wee, uh, a wee tour of Celtic podcasts. But he was talking about if you were to rank them, 
Kyoko wouldn't even be the best of the four. So that, for me, is massively positive. But let's look at the market, Tony. We, for a spell, and I think during the, the time of Lenny, were able to tap into certain markets that were fairly untapped. So right now, we couldn't go out and buy the type of player that Van Dyke was from that market because that market has now been saturated by other clubs saying, wait a minute, there's an £80 million player in the waiting. And and that's what happens. We were kind of early in there and we got players like that, like Wanyama. And we're tapping into the Japanese market. And you look at the transfer fees, Tony. They're not going to stay at one and two million euros for long if these three guys are a success, are they? No, they're not. But that's the benefit of having a manager who's worked on the other side of the world, isn't it? That's just using, tapping into his knowledge and his expertise. And, yeah, as much as you can watch the showreels and big them up and, you can, you know, you take the word of Dan, who's sort of watched them, and so he's telling you that Kyogo's maybe not the top one. So you're thinking, okay, you're excited by that. But I think like most Celtic supporters, they'll make their own judgment when they see them in the flesh. It'd be childish to make any other judgment, wouldn't it? As I say, you, you can compose showreels and people, players can look great. But I'd just like to, I can't wait to see them in, in the Celtic jersey. But, you know, just want to give them time and let them do their thing. And if they are the player, but players that everybody thinks they are and Dan is telling us they are, then... It's a win-win for Celtic, the supporters and the manager. And you trust the manager's judgment based solely on Kyogo's transfer alone. You do he, trust he his said, judgment. He said after the cup final he felt responsible for Kyogo especially because he, he brought him here, but he knew what he could bring to the team. Mm-hmm. Working on that premise, he brought in these three players because he knows what they can bring to the team. So I'm interested to see what it is they'll bring to the team. And as I say, having watched all the showreels, then you can't help but be impressed. But you will form your own judgment when you see them in the flesh and they've been given enough time to settle in and, and do their thing. And bearing in mind, they've just came off the Japanese season. And if they go straight into another half of a season, you know, it takes its toll on on the, on the body as well. But I guess Angie's been, these deals have been in the pipeline for some time. So he's clearly asked them if they fancied it, if they're up for it, mm. and if their bodies can take it. And they've clearly given them the affirmative, yep, we'll do it. Absolutely. Also, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I think just think we're intrigued now and starting to get the football back and, and let's see what they can do. But you know for a fact they will improve your team. Yeah, th- this is a big thing. We're going to talk about each of the players individually, mm. the impact that it may have uh, on Kyogo. Also, we'll be looking at Ange Postacoglu, but we'll have a wider look at how Japan has been for Celtic over the years. Because in terms of football, Tony, I think we're up quite a few figures than down. Uh, Stuart Clark comes into the discussion. Welcome to the show. Stuart clearly allowed and given the support to build a team of his own making very soon at his tenure with us, but not so supported to bring in his own assistant and coaching staff. Where is the logic? Well, you might look at that a different way. You might say that because he's been given the support in terms of the personnel, Tony, perhaps the decision on the backroom team has been Angie's. Yeah, I I look at that in the way you've just said that there because I don't think he laid any great stress on bringing in backroom team members as a not priority. Players was his priority. And I remember him saying in the, the window, in the August window, that 
he hadn't been as forceful as he should have been. Yeah. The board, remember, he said that. So clearly, his his number one priority has been getting in uh, playing personnel. You know, and speaking to Dan and uh, other uh, Australian commenters that come on here, they've said that's the way it works. You know, the team first and foremost, and then it's about the backroom team and how we can improve that. So he's clearly happy with the staff that he's got just now, or he's happy doing it, not say on his own, but he's got a backroom team there. But he's happy enough with the job that they're doing, but clearly wants to get it right on the park first. If you get it right on the park first, the rest of the building blocks can fall into place. You can then maybe focus on, okay, maybe want my, you know, my, my right-hand man in beside me or whatever, but it's not a priority and it's clearly not a bother to him at this minute in time because he always turns around and says things like, there's no excuses, we just got on with it, I'm getting on with it, I stress that to the players. So I think the most important people at your football club are your manager and your players, aren't you? Aren't they? So I... Uh, uh, out with the supporters, of course, but I'm talking about the actual playing side of things. So he is the main man. He's been asked to be backed by bringing in players, which he has. And I guess, as I say, he's not making backroom team an immediate priority. He'll maybe get to it, but he wants to build his beautiful house. And that means building a beautiful team first and foremost, and then he'll work on the rest. I think, from what we've seen, Tony, if we base it on the original point, which I think was a good one, he is getting the freedom um, of the, the personnel that he's bringing in. And it, had he come into Celtic, and because I don't think he suffers fools. I mean, you, you know that from your journalistic mm. background, the way that he conducts himself in press conferences and sometimes high-pressure situations where uh, things aren't going so well and questions are being fired at him, and he's able to deal with it. He can hold his own. And I don't think that would change either on the, on the training pitch, in the dressing room, or when he's talking to the board. Um, so if he had come into Celtic and he looked at any of the backroom team and he thought, they're not up to my standard, I can't work with him, I'm pretty sure we would have seen the changes before now, Tony. I'm pretty confident that, that you know, Ange um, is big enough and ugly enough to say, no, we need to make that change. And if it's not a prior, priority for him, there is an element of me saying, you know what, we do have to trust them sometimes, you know, um, and, and sometimes that's thrown caution to the wind, Tony. But we've seen what he's done, and we've said it all season, with one arm tied behind his back. We've seen what he's done with personnel that wouldn't be his first pick, but he's utilised them anyway. He's actually got at least three really, really good talents out of a group that many of us had written off. And if he wanted to make the changes, I'm pretty confident he would have made them already. I'm pretty sure of that. I think he's earned that trust, you know, and also as well, I think, I've said this before, but in any awards that he's won, like Manager of the Year, uh, Month Award and other stuff, he's been quick to get all the rest of the backroom team in the, in the photo and also praise them and say they're doing a good job. So he's clearly happy enough at this minute in time with everybody that's in the backroom team. You know, it's, it's something that you might come to, but you, you know, you hate to go back to it, but, you know, you are trusting the process with them now. And I think the board members are trusting the process with him now. You know, I, I don't think he's at the stage where what he wants he gets, a la Brendan Rodgers, but he's fast approaching that because he's asked for these three players and he's been granted these three players. Now let's now you're intrigued now to see if, if there's any more coming in. Who who does he want to maybe jettison, put them out on loan 
or get rid of. So that's maybe the next stage in the, the building of the, the beautiful house, as he says, maybe offloading players. But he'll still want to bring more people in. You know my thoughts on it. You can't get enough good footballers in your team. You get a team full of good footballers. You've got a good team, haven't you? It stands to reason. So yeah. he'll you'll still be casting his eye, whether that be in Asia, Japan, or wherever, or, or maybe closer to home. They'll be linked with some players closer to home. But you know, I, I think he I think he's earned that trust in the board, you know, and the players and the, and the supporters as well to say, right, okay, we think we know. We think you know. He knows what he's doing. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Let's let's afford them that and say, okay, Ange, your ball, run with us, see what it takes us. And meanwhile, Tony, meanwhile, he's told everybody else that all the, all the good players are in Iraq. So that <laughs> all the coaches and scouts are over there looking for players. Meanwhile, he's in Japan signing all the, the talent from yeah. the Japanese jail. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if someone from Iraq came in either because he's got extensive knowledge of that part of the world and, and the football. So you, again, I think he's earned, he's earned a bit of trust. He's earned, he's earned where he is now, you know, in terms of asking for things and, and possibly getting them within reason because he, he says himself he, he knows what type of club Celtic are and mm-hmm. world economies and economies of scale so he's not going to ask for things that are out with the club's financial budgets and constraints but if he asks for things that the club can afford the players that the club can afford and they're within their, their budget then he's perfectly entitled to do that yeah Absolutely. Alexander Wilkinson, Happy New Year to you as well. And to everybody who is tuning in, uh, we are back on a daily basis. We have plans for various other types of content this year. Gerald McEwen's back in. Happy New Year to everybody at Axon. And Ewan Boy Martin, I don't know if you got a chance to watch Ewan's yeah. appearance at the weekend. Tony came in, visited the studio. We did a wee bulletin. And I'll tell you what, it was the quickest two hours ever. Because I when I looked at the time and it was two hours, I thought, wow. But once you get into the, especially if your Celtic supporting life mirrors the person you're talking to to a degree, yeah, you know, you've been yeah. at the same games, cup finals, managers. Um, and I thought Ewan 
done very, very well. And he brought in all, all his Celtic curio. One of, one of the things he had was an old season ticket from 1989, which at the time, I think we only had about 6,000 at the time, Tony. And, and obviously McCann comes my, in and changes all of that. My first season ticket was season 88, 89, £125 wow. in the main stand. There you go. That was That's it. incredible. Yeah. You know, 6,000 people wasn't the done thing. McCann comes in, changes all of that forever. Uh, got a few messages coming in about Jota. There's a few concerns about him. Uh, Jamie reminds us that he's away back to get some treatment in Benfica, which is fine, I think. Uh, Paul McLean, Jota's gone. I don't know if he'll be back. Come on, Paul. Positivity today. We've been so positive. We've even given the board a wee shout out. Um, and Joe, Joe Porter comes in. Benfica have a new coach. That may throw a bollock in the noodles. Well, I, I quite like that saying. I don't know what exactly what it means, but I get your drift, Joe. Listen, Tony, I think when you look at this situation, and by the way, I'm, I'm not saying this because uh, I thought it could have changed. Jack Hendry, right, so there's a deal. We couldn't do anything about it. They had first refusal. It's a wee bit actually like uh, Dyson Maeda and the deal that we've got with him where it's uh, a compulsory purchase clause. So if the club wants to buy him, they get them, but in, in my Eddie's case, we need to buy them. I think that we've learned a lesson, and surely the Carter Vickers and the Jota deals have given us the option of a permanent deal. It's not as if we could trip ourselves up on this one, is it? No, no, these deals have been, you know, they're watertight. Celtic want Jota, Jota wants to come, he will be a Celtic player. Same with Carter Vickers, unless we have that option to buy. But you have to protect yourself in the process as well, the club and that, and, and they've done that. So, you know, I, I don't need too much into Jota going back. It's it's a festive period and maybe spend extended time with your family. I haven't been away for a wee while. So, you know, and a lot of people reading into the fact that Jota, uh, Benfica have a new manager who's worked with Jota before and he might be willing to give Jota a, a shot in the first team. You know, but these things were always a possibility, weren't they? So it's not these things are nothing new. It's not stumbling blocks per se. Jota will be a Celtic player if Celtic want to pay the money and Jota wants to come at the end of his loan deal. Carter mm-hmm. Vickers will be a Celtic player if Celtic can, you know, if Celtic pay the money and Carter Vickers wants to come. They have that option to buy. So I'm I'm fairly relaxed about it. Just because it's not happened yesterday doesn't mean that these guys won't sign for Celtic. At the end of that deal, there's a possibility they might not, but you err on the side of you know, cautiously optimistic that they're enjoying their football and they're playing in a relatively successful team and a winning team. And also as well, I think the players are within their right to you know, just see what options are there as well. But if Celtic winning goes straight into the Champions League, you know, you think it'd be a hard sell for those guys to come to the club? That's huge. That's huge. On so many fronts, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's a massive thing. And also you're you're on the start of the, the journey with Ange. And if they enjoy working under Ange then you might want to continue that. So I'm fairly relaxed about it. I don't jump up and down. I don't need too much into Jota going back to you know, Portugal or and the fact that Carter Vickers hasn't been nailed on a deal so far. Well, there is no rush. Well, these things we have. I mean, that's the whole point of the try before you buy, isn't it? Yeah. To make sure that all the all the 
you know, it's all all parts of the deal satisfy both parties. So yeah, I mean, it's you know, you can people can put whatever spin on it they want. I think I think it's it's safe to say Jota will be back playing for Celtic as soon as he's fit. What happens after that? Who knows? If he continues to impress, he might have options, but Celtic have the first refusal on him, don't they? Yeah, you're right. And I think there's there's a thing with some players, Tony, who are at big clubs and they're not at that stage where they're a first pick and there's you know, they're at the club for a period of time and there's managerial changes and it basically ends up with them getting loaned out and loaned out and loaned out and they'll spend a season here and a season there. I mean Carter Vickers, for example, must be wondering, you know, where he's a bit of a journeyman already and he's a young player, but he's he's been at seven clubs already. Jota's been loaned out a couple of times now and I think that it comes to the point where they've got to ask themselves the question, do they want to to find that perfect fit? Uh, Celtic have been good to them, they've been good to Celtic. You know, the whole Paddy Roberts thing, what happens when, you know, you, you try your hand elsewhere, doesn't work out and your career never really gets back on track. I think a lot of the players will be looking at that as well and saying, well, it's working here. I like who I'm working with in terms of Ange, the fan base, the prospect of Champions League football. And, you know, it's something I'm not too concerned about at this time either, uh, to be honest with you, Tony. Now, uh, Adam comes in actually to say if Celtic don't sign CCB, I reckon he'll get poached. He's been enormous. He has been, and perhaps because he's not a flair player, an offensive player, um, an entertaining player as such, he doesn't get the same plaudits, but he's been a massive signing for us, Tony. I'll take a doubt. And I, I back to your point as well. See, if you don't find a spiritual home right now at Celtic, then what is it you want out of life? You know, I, I think there's something afoot at Celtic could be on the cusp of something special. And I think they're, they're working with a special manager. They've just won the first trophy. You know, you, you could win the title and go straight into the Champions League group stages. That's exciting for any footballer. Where are you going to get that challenge elsewhere at this minute in time? I conjecture not many clubs. Mm-hmm. So, I, I again, I get back to it. If you don't find a spiritual home right now at Celtic, you ain't going to find it. I'm sorry. Because this is something that's been built from the ground by Ange. And there seems a right good feel-good factor about uh, the place the players are buying into. You know, he, he comes across, as you say, well. And I think a lot of players like the manager. They like the, the supporters as well. They just like playing at Celtic Park. And they like the fact that Celtic are trying to build a successful team here. And, you know, that's, that's quite a... It's quite enticing, isn't it? It's enticing to me and you. I would be excited. And as you cited there, Paddy Roberts, he thought the grass was greener. Paddy Roberts has been nomadic ever since he left Celtic, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, John Gadetti, another one. Yeah. never found that spiritual home somewhere. I never found that football happiness. There's a lot to be said for being happy as a footballer, mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. every week, playing in front of an adoring public and being paid and rewarded handsomely enough might not be the most money that you can make in football but is that is that what it's about surely there's more to it than that you want to win trophies you want to be successful you want to compete against the best which Celtic can offer you in terms of Europe and uh, you know win stuff and, and be happy you know uh, there's, there's a lot of places you could go you'd maybe get more money 
Would you be able to guarantee that happiness? I, I don't know. You might not even play if you chase the money and go to a, a so-called bigger club. So I, I'd be careful what you wish for if you were any of these players on loan at Celtic with you know, a chance to sign on for more years and think, OK, what are my options? I, 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 I respect the right to weigh up those options, but I also would say Celtic should feature prominently in those options mm. if you're weighing them up because there's something afoot at the club, as I've said, and I think most players would want to be part of that right now. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the ambition, of course. But um, like you say, I mean, good example, I remember Samara saying that, Tony. Uh, he wants to count his medals at the end of his career. Um, and you've only got to look at Tony, what, 12 clubs before he found a fit, you know? Yeah. And he finds the fit in Motherwell. There's talk I'm going to Dundee United. Um, so, Dan Orlovitz, I think uh, we were one of the first... <coughs> we were one of the first podcasts that he appeared on. And now he's never off the telly. If you're tuning in, Dan, you're doing a great job. Uh, a phenomenal striker, says Dan, talking about Maeda. Aggressive on the ball, killer finish. Knows how to handle himself physically in the box. One of the best Japanese strikers we have in the J-League at the moment. Now, this was uh, something that I found quite interesting. Dan spoke about the fact that when Ange Postacoglu came into Celtic, he expected Maeda to be on the top of the transfer list for Ange Postacoglu, and it's Maeda that he, he regards slightly above Kyogo in that respect. Now, um, what I think when you're looking at that, we've been banging on most of the season about the, the poor conversion rate when you look at the corner kicks, the crosses, the possession, the attacking play, and it's almost as if there's been a missing part of the jigsaw. Is this man going to be that missing link? Well, you have to trust the manager who's probably thought that for a while because he's mentioned it a few times in his after-match interviews about being more clinical and more ruthless. So if if Dan tells you, and he's got extensive knowledge of watching him and so is Ange, that he's better than Kyogo, then it's a win-win, isn't it? At this moment in time, you're finding it hard to get your head around the fact that a striker could be better than Kyogo. Which again, you go back to your reserve and your judgment, but if he's in the same ilk as Kyogo, then... You know, you you're just you're dying to see them up top together, aren't you? Or play together and alongside the likes of Jota as well. So, yeah, I think it's a uh, it's something really exciting to look forward to. And you, as I say, you you've watched the clips and you've heard the testimony from Dan, and and has made him his number one target, and he's got him in. So it's kind of you're thinking, okay, the pieces of the jigsaw are slowly but surely coming together. Proofs in the pudding, we'll all judge it when we see him play, but you, you're, you're reining yourself in, really, aren't you, at this minute in time? Because you it's are, exciting, but you're right. You're, 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 you're curbing your enthusiasm, aren't you? You're trying to because you've not actually seen them in the flesh, but you, your insides are bursting to see them. You know, you just hope that it all marries together in the way the manager sees it, in the way guys like Dan see it moving forward. Where are we then in terms of centre forwards? It's a, for me, it's been a problematic <laughs> position. Last season, our main striker was <clears throat> his head was elsewhere. His head mm-hmm. was out the door, and as JP mm-hmm. Mason said, his boots had to follow him. Um, mm-hmm. 
albeit he did score 20 odd goals for Celtic last season, he got his move and he's away down to Crystal Palace. But I think this season, because when you look at the backup that, that Eduard had, it wasn't to the, the, the quality that we required. So Yeti hadn't settled in. Klamala was a different type of player. He was moved on. You look at where we are this season. So you've got a Yeti starting off as the number nine, if, if you like. And then we bring in Furuhashi. Um, and we bring in Yakamakis. Hasn't got started due to injury. And now we've got Maeda. And then we've got an option also to play a badder through the middle. Are you expecting any other strikers to come in? Do you think that all kind of hinges on a Yeti going out? I don't expect any other strikers to come in because I think in, his, in Angie's mind, and I can't second guess him, but I think ideally you'd maybe want a Yota, Maeda and Furuhashi up front, eh? his front three, that the way the way I'm reading it and the way I'm seeing it. So I think that's in an ideal world, that's what he would like to unleash on, on Scottish club defences as soon as possible and I think that's the kind of prospect that has all the Celtic supporters licking their lips in anticipation mm-hmm. uh, I would certainly think that someone like Ajeti would now be surplus to requirements uh, and also if you've got Jack and Marcus coming back from injury and you know we've not really seen enough of him to make real judgments you know I don't think he helped himself with the lackadaisical penalty miss against Livingston and you know, and, and and being injured for a long, long period. But, you know, he, he did score against, I think, was it St. Johnston? Yeah, he scored. Uh, Ralston's cut back and he scored a neat finish for that. So there was bits that you thought, OK. But a quantity we don't know much about so far because he's been, uh, been injured for most of his uh, Celtic career so far, so we, we reserve judgment on him, but we want to see more but it just means that these guys coming in uh, well, especially with Maida coming in going to be healthy competition for places so even Yakimakis is going to have to up his game if he wants to get in the team, which is a good thing Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And I think the manager knows that as well. Thinking, right, big man, you need to start showing me what you've got. Time to step up. Yeah. You know, become a so I, I I think that in a roundabout way, that's also a wake up call to Jack and Marcus from the manager as well, isn't it? A wee shot over the bow saying, Right, um, we're going places here. If you want to come with me, it's time to step up to the plate. You know, and I and I just think guys like a jetty just won't feature moving forward. So it'd be best to cut all ties and 
So yeah, we're all trying to see if we can get a, a buyer. See the big thing, I've heard a lot of people saying this, uh, McGrory comes in, who wants these duds with the big wages? I, I think out of the, the players that we've got at the moment, surplus to requirements, uh, a Yeti would fall into that category, Barkas, and clearly Bolingoli isn't going to you know, you know, know, revitalise his Celtic career. Uh, Ange tried them a couple of times, didn't play particularly badly. Tony, but I think the damage is done. He's no longer really seen as an option at left back. He wasn't in the European squad. They're the three players that I think I would put in this category. And I say dud. I mean, obviously, to be playing at this level, they have something. It's just not worked out for various reasons. Uh, But what I would continue to go back to is, in terms of the stock, Barkas is a Greek international who played Champions League football for IK Athens. Ayeti, who was prolific at Baal, is a Swiss internationalist. And you look at these two players, their stock's high in their native country. Sometimes it takes them to go back there to build themselves back up. If they want to then dip their toe elsewhere again, that's fine. But there will be clubs in their native land that will be willing to take them on. Listen, it might be a loan you know, to buy. It could well be something along those lines. But if we're doing the work behind the scenes to bring players in, you would hope we're doing the same to offload players such as the three I've mentioned? Of course. Well, that's £13 million worth of talent you've named there. Regardless of that, I think it's quite disparaging to call footballers duds because they're not duds. They have ability. It's just not worked out at Celtic. It happens. Players, you know, just don't cut the mustard, don't make the grade, and, and they're, they're moved on. And I think that's what's happened in the cases of those three players. Yeah, they have ability because Celtic bought them. So as you rightfully say, it's a Greek international goalkeeper, Swiss international striker, and you know an international fullback, isn't it? So someone will take them. They will be an asset to somebody. But you have to cut your losses and say, okay, we're willing to listen to offers, and but we might not recoup our outlay. That's that's the gamble with every transfer in football. Mm-hmm. So you you take what you can get for them. But what you do know is they they have to be offloaded because they are surplus to requirements. They don't feature in Andy's plans moving forward, do they? He's used them when he's had to. And, and, no. and they've not, I wouldn't say they've let them down, they've just not, they've underperformed. Well, you can only give guys so many chances before you think, right, it's time to go. And, and they'll go with your blessing. You say, look, it didn't work out, fine, these things happen. But, uh, you know, I, I think to label them duds is a bit, you know, that's a bit disparaging. I don't, I don't, I don't like labelling footballers duds, let's be honest. Case in point, Shane Duffy. Look what yeah. he's done since he's left us, you know. He, he, he done enough to get the move, Tony, to prove that he was a player. Uh, it didn't work out at Celtic for various reasons. He goes back to Brighton, he's performing well there and for, for Ireland as well. And Look, there's a reason these guys are professional footballers. There's a reason I'm sitting in here talking about them. You know, they have ability. You know, so it's I you know, so I yeah, you have your opinions on, on certain people and it might not be, be great, but I, you know, people players in particular just sometimes can't cut it at a club like Celtic where the demands are so high mm-hmm. and under Ange. I mean, I think the daily demands are high. They've gone up a few notches, yeah. yeah. You know, professionalism, whatever. 
and if you're going to cut it at Celtic, then you need to be a cut above at this moment in time. And that's what every Celtic supporter wants. And if there's players there that just aren't doing that, or the manager sees fit to say, look, I think you'd be better served elsewhere, then I'm not going to question that judgment. But all, all the of the squad now, and it's looking a bit bloated in terms of numbers, not in terms of quality, but those are the three that spring to mind. Maybe Sorrow falls into that category, and then there's others that you might find fall into the going on loan category. Yeah. Like Shaw, Uruguide, Henderson, maybe Mikey Johnston, mm-hmm. who, you know, my thoughts upon Mikey Johnston, I've, I've stated them on this, but I would never call him a dud. The boys played first-team football for Celtic. There's ability there and there's talent there, but just maybe not enough mm. to cut at a club like Celtic at this moment in time. So that's my thoughts about these kind of things. Well, I think it's interesting you you point out Johnson because the signing, I think, of Rio Tati may actually mm. prove to be uh, the, the aspect of the transfer window that pushes uh, Johnson to the loan kind of deal out the door yeah. because he can play there. He can, he's another player that can be utilised on the left-hand side of the midfield. He can play as a left winger. Dan uh, himself says that's his, probably his, his most effective position. He can also fill in as a left-back which, again, we seem to have a lot of guys who can fill in as left-backs, Tony. I still don't think we've got the stapled-on first-choice left-back at this moment in time. I know that when everybody's fit, the first pick is Greg Taylor, but I still think we could get a, you know, a, an upgrade on, on Greg Taylor. That's just an opinion of mine. But here's another guy who can fit in there, and that may pave the way for a loan deal for Mikey Johnston. We call this season make-or-break for him. If he goes out and loan, as you say, he may not be... Um, to the standard at this time but you're hoping that the loan deal works out like it did for Ayer, like it did with Christie and McGregor and there's been others uh, as well. But you mentioned Henderson there's a rumour that uh, Hibs are interested in taking him on loan as well. Sean Maloney wants to take him in at Easter Road. That'd be a good move for you and Henderson. Well, listen, I'm all, I'm all for if players are on the fringes but just not there at this moment in time. Won't do a Ryan Christie, won't become a star at Aberdeen, which Ryan Christie did, came back a, a, a much improved footballer. Because and then so for you and Henderson, go and play with Hibs if that's if that will help you. I mean, it can only help your development because you're still playing in the same terrain, aren't you? You're playing against the same clubs that you'll be playing if you came back and, and force yourself into Celtic's first team. No substitute for experience. Won't get that, you know, fifty, hundred, hundred and fifty games under your belt. That prolonged you know, a spell in the first team. Whereas even if you don't make it at Celtic, then you can be sold on for, you know, money, for a profit. So it's a win-win for Celtic, for players like that to send them out and loan. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you'll improve them. No end. And also you can get back a product that might be as close to the finished article as you can be, but can make a valid contribution on the return. So uh, it's... I think these things have to be looked at. I'm going to tell the manager what to do, but the manager seems to have all this covered. He seems to know exactly what's needed at this club. you know. And, and introducing guys to parts here and there to say, this is the standard required. Now, now you know you know, you know know what I'm talking about. And then, obviously, he's, with the B team, he said the training's the same. Yeah. So, they jump up to first-team training, there's... There's no curveballs for them. 
you know, so demanding, demanding, demanding. I, I love that. I think that's brilliant. I'm, I'm all for that. And then right. if, if you can't make it in the Celtic first team right now, then go out and loan and play football matches. Best thing for you. Oh, definitely. If you look at Robertson, you would maybe expect him to come back. He just went away, a couple of loan deals, got the game time. I don't want you and Henderson to go the same way as his big brother, who I rated really highly. So yeah. if he needs to go out and get some game time, I think it will do him the world of good. There's a point coming through here. Let me just find it. And um, an interesting uh, name that you've got there on YouTube. Uh, but the point is a good one. Uh, we have needed a left-back since Tierney was sold. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I felt up until this season, we needed a right-back ever since Lustig left as well. And we went through a whole procession of right-backs until we got somebody who was there all along and Tony Ralston and then Jaranovic. So we've actually got two now. I feel we're still in that situation on the left-hand side. I like some of what I've seen from Montgomery. I've seen some of what I've liked from uh, that I've seen from Liam Scales. Tony, but I don't think we've got that quality just yet at uh, left-back. The other signing, of course, Yosuke Aideguchi, just call me Gucci. Uh, One million euros. Uh, he's been given squad number 21, which had uh, previously been uh, in charms. He's only 25 years of age. He's got European experience in Germany and Spain. And, of course, he did go to Leeds United. It didn't work out there due to a few different reasons, uh, injury being one of them. Uh, but he was loaned out and he got experienced elsewhere. He's been called a low-risk signing. Well, at something like 700 grand. That is pretty low risk. Uh, but again, he gives us good cover. Uh, he's a defensive midfielder. It makes me wonder, is this the, the kind of move that's maybe pushing Sorrow out the door as well? Or can we not afford to do that at this moment in time, personnel-wise? No, I think you can. Uh, you, you, you said it yourself a minute ago. Some people have to go back to their homeland to get that step up again. I would say either Gucci or Gucci, as he wants to be known, has has did that, hasn't he? So, uh, yeah, he admits himself that he never covered himself in glory with his Leeds move, and he, he wasn't great. But, you know, he's... Again, I go back to it. The manager's brought him in for a reason, hasn't he? He sees him fitting into that team somewhere. If it's in that defensive midfield role, then great. And Soros had his chances. He feels another one who either goes out on loan or goes elsewhere because the manager clearly doesn't fancy him as a player. You know, and when Sorrow first came in, everybody was raving about him, but I think it's his tendency to, to get involved uh, and pick up silly bookings and just not the penny not dropping that you can't win every ball a, as a midfielder. Well, whilst you want to contest them all, you can't win them all. And I think it was that kind of repeat offending nature Mm-hmm. Would he would get a silly book in early doors, walk a tight rope, and then he wasn't learning. He was just not learning from it. Not learning, and I think if you you're not going to learn under Ange, then you're no use to him, are you? You know, it's a bit for the grace of God that Sorrow never walked a couple of times, wasn't it? Remember the game against Betis yes. away from home. Betis um, was the one where he just lost his shape and his discipline completely. Yep. And Celtic ultimately lost the game from a prominent winning position. You need all your players to be switched on at that level. You know, turned out to be the difference between qualifying and, and not qualifying for the, the second phase of the Europa League or knockout Precisely. Mm-hmm. You know, so these are big, big things and managers see that. They, they, they watch that. You know, there's 
There's a great Bill Shankly quote about Liverpool players when he said that from the minute they come in the door, if they think they're not being watched or scrutinised or every movement, then they're sadly mistaken. I think uh, Angie's very much of that ilk. Mm-hmm. He's watching everything that they do in training, playing games. Just Gordon Strachan used to bang on about it as well as a teammate. So he's you know, Angie will be forming judgments, you know, in his head or on based on the you know, based on the evidence. Yeah. So I think Sorrow, based on that evidence, is another one who you can fit into that. Either leaves a club permanently or goes on loan, but has to learn that and wants the game played a certain way, the players doing certain things, and if you're not willing to learn then you're no use to. This leads me nicely on to the next point, actually, Tony, where we talk about Angie's system, um, the set of principles that he's laid out since he walked in the door, basically. And I think that but one of the biggest issues he's probably had is that he's looked at a lot of players and no doubting that their quality, they're there for a reason, they just don't fit into his system. And he's had to play them anyway, you know, a lot of the time. And from that, what you've got is you've got players like Beaton who have shown because of adapted to a degree. You've got guys like Ralston who was the only right back, but he was asked to play this inverted right back role, which was probably alien to him. And he's actually played really well. And then you've got Tommy Rogic, who, you know, has just clicked right back into the Tommy Rogic of old, probably better than the Tommy Rogic of old. But what we've now got is we've got a system with another three elements in it that Ange knows fits his system. And I think that's vital because he's been using players that were already there. He's had to work with what he's had um, largely. Yet we've got three guys that he's identified undoubtedly. We've gone out and got them. And that's going to strengthen the system that he's building, I would think, as well. And that's one of the biggest parts of these transfers that I'm looking forward to seeing. Of course, and also as well, the three players that you mentioned that were already there, unlike Sorrow, they've listened and learned, right? To my, in my opinion. And if you're willing to listen and learn and, and adapt to that system, because Andy said you'll not change it. So it's not about uh, adapting a system to suit players. You know what I mean? It's the players adapting to suit Angie's system. So how do you do that? You listen and you learn. Ralphson's took it on board. Beaton's took it on board. Logic kind of had it on board anyway, but it's just been refined, fine-tuned, because there was a kind of player there lying dormant, and, and Logic just frustrated the life out of you. But, you know, so uh, he, he, the manager is, he knows what he needs in the team, knows what he wants, and wants it to be as fluid and fluent as possible. So if you're telling guys, well, you know what, this is how I see you fitting in here, all you have to do is listen, buy what you're selling. And most of the players, well, the ones that are playing on a regular basis have bought what, bought what Angie's selling, aren't they? They and have, they have. The ones that haven't, then it's no surprise that they could be deemed surplus to requirements, isn't it? Well, here's one then, and again, people will be um, saying, here we go with Paul's talking about James McCarthy. Um, It's possible that James McCarthy was on a Celtic recruitment list prior to Ange coming in. It's possible that he was a legacy target, Uh, but we've spoken about this. The manager has the last say. Are you going to take this guy on? He's going to give you X, Y, and Z. This is his experience. I'm sure Ange knew all about him. So he comes in, but not particularly suited to the system. However, I think that when he's been played, Tony, 
that McCarthy has adapted as, as much as he is able to to Angie's system. And I still think that he is viewed as more of an option than Sorrow. Yeah. The, the, the best uh, game of James McCarthy's short Celtic spell so far was the St. Johnston game. Yes. Which was the last game. Mm-hmm. He was terrific in the first half, especially. Faded a bit in the second, but he was very prominent in the first half. And he was also very prominent by the fact that he dropped the ball over a lot, didn't he? Long, ranging passes. In fact, the one that Kyogo pulled up with a hamstring, he, if Kyogo didn't pull up with a hamstring, he might have actually latched onto it and caught on it. I think it was the and second one that he played into yeah, Kyogo. Yeah. The second one that he played into him, you know. So, And I looked and I thought, and also in his interview after it, and said it was beat on Roderick McCarthy that uh, got that, helped us get that result today. The question was asked of the youngsters that came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, well, actually, it was the, the old guard. And he made a point of saying, Project Beaton and McCarthy that helped get his, that result today. So by the very fact that he mentioned them, I was kind of like thinking, he's noted his contribution. Yeah. Again, going back to that scrutiny and watching every your every move, you know, and seeing things that maybe others don't see. Uh, like uh, no talking about others, i.e. supporters, but the manager's seen it, and the manager's going to tell you he's seen it. What's the best way to do that? By saying singling them out in interviews. You know, other people say, "Oh, McCarthy didn't do much." Well, that's not what the manager said. Manager mentioned him, so uh, there's method in everything that he says and everything that he does. And again, like you, I think if you're talking about options, McCarthy and Sorrow, then it's a no contest at the minute. And Angie's very much kind of big on, he knows what certain players bring to the table. And James McCarthy's got, a, you know, a list of Premier League experience and international experience, the length of your arm. So if he can fine-tune him, then he's got a player there of repute, hasn't he? A player Just, he can trust. He can use his yeah, experience, Tony, yeah, you know? That's what I mean. And yeah. Horses for courses type manager. There are times when you'll need to dig in with the experienced players, which is what got them through against St Johnston. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a makeshift team where you thought, you looked at the team and you thought, we could really struggle here, but they didn't at all. They made light work of that game on Boxing Day. And what about what about Liam Scales playing left wing? Who, who'd have thought? Who'd have suggested such a thing? Tony Haggerty. Um, Kyogo pulls up, obviously, and uh, he's been an absolute revelation since he came in to Celtic Park. And, but there's two things I'm wondering with the arrivals of the, his three countrymen. The first one is, how will it benefit him? But also, how big a factor do you think Kyogo has been in the three of the guys uh, coming to the club? We know Ange has been a massive factor, but surely they've looked at Kyogo and thought, wait a minute, he's transitioned pretty well into the Scottish game and into the Scottish culture. We can do the same. Of course. it's it's uh, It all feeds into each other, doesn't it? You know, I, I just think for, for the dressing room itself, if they're anything like Kyogo in terms of character and personality, which Ange also bangs on about a lot, Talks about he knew he would bring to the dressing room off the park. Mm-hmm. So if these guys are the same ilk and the same mould, you think you say, well, they probably are. Then that's going to be a right harmonious dressing room, isn't it? Team spirit will be lifted. You know, they'll, they'll all they'll help each other. You know, as I say, Anne said he felt personally responsible for Kyogo, so he's probably been his go-to guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw them embracing after the cup final. You know, spoke about that, the hug and all that, and like a father and a son. Whereas now maybe Ange can take a step back from that and say, right, there's 
I can rely on these three guys or the four guys to come together and you know help each other out. You know where it, the, the onus won't be on and so much to, you know for Kyogo to keep going to him because he'll have other you know compatriots to bounce off, and that's a good thing. You know, and also as well, just because of his infectious nature, if if Maeda, Gucci, and Hitati are the same, then you know that's that's a good thing. Ange knows what he's bringing into the club mm-hmm. in terms of footballers ability-wise, but in terms of characters and personalities, wouldn't have brought them in if they didn't tick all those boxes. Which is why I get back to it and saying Ange's you know he's assessing everything. What makes a Celtic player? You Not know, just being a good player. You have to have all other things as well off the park. Yeah, and mm-hmm. these guys clearly fit that criteria to come into a, a dressing room, which is pretty harmonious as it is. And he knows fine well that they will not disrupt that team ethic, that work ethic, that spirit and camaraderie that they all have. And if anything, they will enhance it. See, the big thing as well, Tony, you, you contrast that to last season. And we're talking about, you know, people being unhappy, people being bad eggs in the, in the dressing room, uh, bad influences, all this kind of stuff. That's been washed away. I mean, obviously, a big part of that is several players have left the club. But in order to actually implement a culture, um, and that has undoubtedly already been done by Ange, it's then about making sure, like you say, that the people you then bring into that fit the system. Like, you know, you, you just can't afford again to get into a situation where two or three bad eggs or bad apples come into the dressing room and it's less harmonious. And I think, like you say, he, well, he already knows Maeda, he's worked with him. Um, but he'll know the character of these guys, bringing them into his dressing room. I'm looking at Ange as well, and I'm absolutely buzzing at the fact that we've done this business so early and we've already given uh, the CEO a big um, thumbs up on that. However, Ange is going to want more, isn't he? And how much more do you think? Of course he is. Every manager will tell you they're two players short of being satisfied with their squad. So keep working on that premise. If he gets another two more in, you'll want another two more. You know what I mean? So, I, you know my thoughts. I said it earlier. You, you overload your squad with good footballers. You then, you then become a good team. So that even the ones who are good footballers that are not playing will make a telling contribution when they come on, when they're asked to make an impact. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're Ange, you're asking for at least two more. If you get those two, you're asking for another two. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep pushing that envelope and see how far that the Celtic board will back him. But he's, he's he's backed himself into a good corner just now, hasn't he, in terms of what he asks for and what, what he might get. You know, it would be pretty hard to turn him down. Because, I, again, I said it earlier, I don't think he would be unrealistic with these demands. So I think if it fits the criteria of what he wants and he can sell it to the board right now, then I think the board would be wise to back him and his choices in, in, in terms of uh, bringing in more personnel, whether he gets it or not. But, you know, I, I just think the very fact that they did it so early in the window, still got another four weeks of a January transfer window. I don't think Celtic will not bring in at least another two more. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll maybe offload uh, two or three of the names that we've already spoken about and mentioned. But I don't think the manager will be completely satisfied until he gets another couple in that he's maybe targeted and he's wanted, whether they be from Iraq, Asia, Japan, or as I said, closer to home, if if, uh, if anything is, there's any truth in any of the you know, rumours surrounding the likes of Martin Boyle, John Shooter, things like that. 
Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you bet your bottom dollar he'll he'll still have his list and he'll say, Okay, got those three moving on to these two or, or three or, or whatever. But uh I'm, as I say at the top of the programme, we applaud the Celtic board for getting that business done early. I'm sure the manager's still casting his, his eyes across and thinking, Okay, any more? Next. Any more? Next, exactly, because it was his nature when he won the League Cup. They said, first trophy under the bag, how do you feel? And he went, feel good, enjoy it. A couple of minutes, right, cool. On to the next one. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be like that with singing. If you brought in those three, right, can I bring in this guy? Can I bring in that guy? Well, you tell me when my when my parameters are. Like, mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I, uh, I really do... Um, quite confident that he can bring in another couple. So I think the board kind of looking at him and thinking, you know what, we've been working away in those deals for a long time. There'll be others in the pipeline bubbling away, so I don't think it'll be the last that they bring in. No, I, I hope that's the case, and I hope centre-half is still an area that we strengthen further, Tony. I think back to when Gordon Strachan took over at Celtic, and, and you know he's got the option to bring in Craig Bellamy for £5 million, which was his entire budget at that time. He, he liked the idea because he was going to marry him up with John Hartson like he did at Coventry. He moves on, he gets uh, Nakamura, Suraski, Boric. When you look at the, the two £5 million players that were hoping to offload and you consider the fact that the four Japanese signings we've made cost less than Barkas and Ayeti, I think again, you look at that value for money uh, aspect um, and you trust the fact that Ange is going to do it and do it right. Someone came in and said it's Iran, the market. I mean, he could have said San Marino for all I know. I think he was on the wind-up anyway. But apparently some of the German teams have been in the Iranian market as well. Should we, worry, should we be worried about the transition? Kyogo hit the ground running. I'm already thinking about all four players in the first team. It might not work like that, Tony. It might take a wee while for them to, to settle in. Well, he might be phased in placing them in the first team. Again, you go back to it. He's brought them here for a reason, hasn't he? So whether they hit the ground running like Kyogo is is anybody's guess. But if they don't, they still have to be cut some slack, don't they? Because the manager's brought them here because he realises that they, they'll be beneficial assets to the club moving forward. So I think uh, maybe we have to temper our expectations a bit, you know, and not compare them to Kyogo straight away. Because Kyogo Darwin scored a goal in his first out in Europe, scored a hat trick in his home debut. No, that's that's you know that's dream stuff, isn't it? As a footballer, you know. So if it doesn't if it doesn't go to plan like that for Maeda, Gucci, and Hitati, then you know cut them some slack. You know they are coming to a new culture and you know a brand new football club under the say of a manager who rates them highly. Mm-hmm. Well, if he rates them highly, then they're clearly going to bring ability with them. You know, they clearly have ability. And, uh, yeah, I just, I'd love to see them hit the ground running. I'm just intrigued to see where they'll fit into the team. But the fact that uh, if the four of them can play in the same team in there, you know, in harmony, harmony, then I think we, you know, you, I think, uh, yeah, it could be a, a formidable force. If they aren't straight away, then... I'm not going to jump up and down and go mental. There is such a thing as a settling in and a bedding in process, but I just think everybody's excited to see what they bring to the table. 
Definitely. And we spoke again on, on the chat group about uh, some of the figures that the Japanese game have given us. Uh, Postacoglu obviously managed in Japan, as did Vim Janssen. We did all right with those two. Nakamura and Mizuno came in. Remember Mizuno? Uh, yes. Nakamura was an absolute genius. And now we've got another four, one of whom already has won the hearts of the Celtic support. Hopefully the other three will go the same way as the likes of Nakamura and Kyogo. Um, and I'm looking also at the fact that, uh, that there's a lot of chat around, you know, some of these players may well feature in the World Cup uh, in 2022, uh, and that just skyrockets their profile and the profile of Celtic in Japan because not since Nakamura played um, have we been such a big talking point in Japanese football. And you do get the feeling, Tony, that although you get the commercial um, knock-on, that's a byproduct. You know, it's nothing to do with that. That's just a nice extra that we're going to be getting along the way. Ange doesn't care about that. Ange just bought three, well, Include Kyogo as well. Four good footballers to his club. Bottom line, he's got four footballers who he sees fitting in, playing football the Celtic way, the way he wants to play it in his system. And because he has extensive knowledge of that market, eh, then he's brought in three of the best or four of the best. I keep talking, forgetting about Kyogo, but eh, four of the best players from from Japan because he knows he could do the job. The spin-off, financial spin-off that Celtic might get from it is, is great. It's a, you know, it's, a, it's an added bonus. But these guys have not been brought for commercial value, or, or, or in Angie's thinking, they've been brought in for their ability mm-hmm. to play football, and that, and and that alone. And he, he knows that they can fit into the Celtic system because he's been talking about them for long and weary, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And as, as Dan said, big shout out to Dan. Um, always good to hear from him. An absolute expert in the Japanese game. Maeda may well have been the, the top of that list. So I look forward to seeing all four of our Japanese boys lining up in the hoops. Tony, I know you're not 100% fit yourself, but uh, you've came out to play anyway. Uh, thanks to the 1,000 plus people who are tuning in on the live bulletin and getting involved in the comment section. We really appreciate your support. Big, big plans for 2022, which will include some documentaries, Axon-produced documentaries on Celtic, Tony. So we're looking forward to sharing all of these plans with you in the, in the coming weeks and months. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you to Tony Haggerty for joining me again on A Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.